Campbell. How are you, brother? Man, you know, I'm I'm working, man. I'm grinding like like every man should, bro. <laughs> it is the it is our way and it is our life. So where mm-hmm. where are you joining me from today on this fine April evening? Currently, I am in the Hyatt Place downtown, Nashville, Tennessee, at the draft. 2019 NFL draft be down here working grinding it every man style like we always do and just uh you know just being about that positive ray of sunshine you know bringing people in hugging them up showing them the love showing them the every man way bro that's it that's what you got to do especially when you're laying down the law with the edits you know you (laughs) You got to lay down the law with the edits, and I guess you know what. If also, let me plug this real quick. If you, if you're liking what you're hearing on the Everyman Podcast, please hit that subscribe button. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If we send up smoke signals, go and grab them for us. You know what I mean? Just reach and grab them because it's for you guys anyway, man. You know, it's all love out here. That's right, all love, all Everyman. Uh, so today. The episode that we have here is uh, part two of our conversation with Mike Mangini uh, mm-hmm. that, that we recorded uh, last week. And I wanted to um, follow up on a couple things that we discussed in, in the first episode and uh, a couple of shout outs. So um, Mike alluded to the fact that we met on the tour bus and we did our first interview there. And mm-hmm. we had somebody very special that helped us out, filled in as the third man that day for the Everyman podcast. That is my good brother, Mike Morales, a.k.a. Momo. Momo. Momo gave up his Saturday afternoon for us and uh, did a great job on on the audio. So I want to thank him for that. And also, uh, we met some listeners while we were there. And uh, that was a really cool experience for us because, you know, like Daryl said, we're doing this for you. Um, we want to we want to connect and we want to bring positivity and um, inspiration into your lives. And that it gives us energy and that inspiration back when we're walking around the Tower Theater and people are coming up and pointing to our shirts and saying, oh, yeah, I listen to that podcast. And I go, hey, well, we are that podcast. So, (laughs) you know, to the guys that we met out there, you know, outside the box office and and the bar and in the show. Uh, thank you so much for for listening to us and being a subscriber and and uh, sharing it with your friends and family. That's what it's all about, getting the everyman word out there. Yes, we've, indeed. We've got some really cool content coming up. Um, obviously, like Daryl said, he's at the NFL Draft, so you know we're going to be talking about the NFL Draft next week. <laughs> yep. We got some former NFL players coming up. Yeah, we got some former NFL players coming up. Uh, my brother Tank Johnson, he'll probably be on uh, within the next couple of weeks or so. Actually, you know what? May is kind of booked, right, brother Jay? We got we got May slammed through, but We're slammed you know, through. stay tuned for that. Um, we we got might have some, some returning guests. Talk. Yeah, some returning, some returning guests. We have Aaron Beasley rolling through this bad boy. Um, trying to link up with uh, David Tyree and a few other of my compadres. So you know. Every man, baby, every day, every way, that's how we live. And uh, just to get inspirational, positive people that are just pointing the hell out of things in our everyday life, you know, trying to galvanize together, bros. That's right. So whether you're here for the music, you're here for the lifting, or you're here for our hot takes on Mountain Dew, uh, <laughs> you know, stick around for the ride because we, we've got big plans for this. So uh, with that being said, let's... Uh, take it away to our second part interview with Mike Mangini, the drummer from Dream Theater. Let go.
we're here with Mike Mangini for part two of our sit-down interview. Uh, we talked about in part one, we talked about his approach to, to his, his, his career with Dream Theater and playing scenes from memory in its entirety. And uh, we addressed a lot of the questions that people want to know about. Uh, we took some fan questions and we even kind of riffed on some of the, the theories out there about why things happen the way they happen. And I think it was a really uh, excellent to hear it coming straight from the source itself and uh, we're here again to talk about everything that Mike Mangini is that's outside of drumming in Dream Theater. So we're going to talk drumming still, but we're going to talk about everything else that makes you uh, so unique that just – on Saturday when we were at that show, you you completely blew me away as a person from from talking with you. And and Daryl, I could speak for him, and he's, he spoke to that in the first episode with you. He, he feels the same way. And we're two guys that we, we get around. We meet a lot of people. We're always doing stuff. And like you just there – there's something about you that just just really uh, blew us away for lack of a better term. So wow. one of the things you said you wanted to talk about that I think is very important to our audience and, and to anyone that's looking to improve on anything is pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. Let's time. talk about that. Take it away. Okay. So with pattern recognition, I feel as though breaking, breaking things down into uh, recognizable shapes, parts, systems, things like that, reduces a person's amount of thinking during the act of improvising, during the act of, of, of executing or performing. And it doesn't mean that improvising is totally from nothing. I'm talking about... You know, I, I might be playing a song I know, and I might just quickly want to change something. I have to improvise at that moment. It might be adjusting, as um, Daryl can certainly elaborate on, on the different variables or different conditions that occur that here's a play on paper, but in reality, well, this is not quite what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so the pattern recognition, I have found a way to assess something. No, no matter what it is, it doesn't even have to be drums, but um, like assess anything and everything that could be done on a drum set and actually make it be the truth that on one piece of paper you actually have the root of anything and everything so that you recognize patterns so that you can execute or improvise more freely in the moment. That's my view on why pattern recognition is so important. And it could be, it could be relationships though too, right? You you, you recognize how someone's. I got uh, You know what I mean? But go ahead with the football. So 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 for me, like, how I would equate that to to pattern recognition, and it, it might not even do it justice. But it's it's if if I'm rushing, if I'm rushing an offensive lineman, and I see, just quite literally, once I come off the ball. Not even, not even realistically paying attention to everything he does, but having a feel with respect to okay, arms low. How how is how is that going to um, affect my one, two, three chains chain chain move to get to the QB or to get into the backfield or to get to the running back? Okay, arm low. So I'm going to inside cup hand down. Uh, okay, if he retaliates with an offhand block, then I know I'm going to. Uh, um, offhand swipe, and then as soon as I swipe, I know, okay, 
My shoulders are going to stay upfield toward the QB, and I can point my toe right now. I don't even have to think about it. It's just that's just how it happens. And if there are any other patterns or variables that go along with that, it's it just strikes me the, the fact that that you that you found a way to make pattern recognition applicable to any situation in any, any environment. It just it fascinates me. How, how how would I be able to take just that scenario or any other scenario for that matter and, and, and make it kind of all encompassing and um, instructionable, uh, applicable for just someone else? Like, how does how does it work? Like in, intrinsically, how does that how do I get that feel with respect to it? Well, uh, you'd have to get that through, um, I think, a, a, a three dimensions, in other words. Um, you'll have to get that from what you see in your mind uh, as the play of the possibilities. So that's mm -hmm. in your mind, right? And yep. you, you have to see in reality what you're facing. What, right. is, what is the reality of what's happening right there? And then you have to, <laughs> almost, I'm glad you used the word feel, because you have to see with what you feel, because you can't look at every part of your body at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you would have had to have practiced enough about how uh, your left foot is going to push a certain way by feeling it, but knowing that you're thinking about it. It's like it might be the same for me, too, um, where I have to recognize, I really have to recognize what is happening with my balance right now that I feel? So I can't look at it. I don't look down at my feet, right? Justin, right. you're not always staring down at your feet when you play no, the drum. Almost okay. never. So I have that. Then I have the reality of the play in front of me. It's like, okay, it's an audition. It's the Dream Theater audition. All right, the keyboard player is soloing. What, what are these three doing? All right, but I want to know. I want Jordan to know I'm listening to him. There goes his fingers. I, I, he's doing an 11 tuplet, and I catch the 11 tuplet. That really happened in my audition. And wow. he, because he stopped it and asked me, how did you know? How did you know what the heck I was doing over there? And I just said, I watched you. But the thing is, in my mind, this is the playbook in the mind, mm -hmm. in my mind, I practiced for years and years and years seeing, hearing, and feeling uh, with 24 different limb combinations. Actually, that was not till later. Let's just say 12 limb combinations, um, every grouping from 1 to 20 in the same space, or every grouping of notes from 1 to 20 notes with a consecutive, we call that time signature. So this never changes, but there might be 15 of them. There might be 11 of them. There might be four of them. There might be eight of them. Or there's a beat, and you can put maybe eight inside, or 11. You might fit different notes. Anyway, it's about that. In my mind is the playbook. Okay, this is the sound. This is that. What's happening in reality? Oh, my gosh. what? How am I going to hit that if my left foot's over here and busy? It's so intense. It happens so fast that improvisation cannot happen, I don't think, to its maximum level. Uh, like a like like a Navy SEAL whose life depends on it, his life depends on it. If he doesn't have a system of improvisation that includes his environment and all the things that go along with that, his position, uh, position, where is he? Who's he fighting? What are his weapons? You know, there are there are seven things that you can. That I know I I feel comfortable breaking down anything and saying, okay, that SEAL is going to. He can improvise better if he's aware that these are all the possibilities that could happen to him. 
um, if you address all of these things. Not that I could, whatever even, <laughs> I couldn't last for two seconds in a tub of ice like those guys. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but what I'm saying is that it's, it's a thing. Football is a thing. Drumming is a thing. And improvising is a human thing. So pattern recognition, the more you can put things into a system, the easier it is to improvise based on the play in the mind. What did I study? All right, what's right in front of me right now? Okay, what am I feeling? And did you practice all three of those? So you're, I, when you're talking about improvisation, uh, you're, you're talking about – because a lot of people, when they hear that, they think – Oh, that guy's just up there fucking doing whatever he wants to do, and he's just playing a bunch of shit, and it's he's winging it for for lack of a better term. What you're talking about is the intense preparation and focus, so that if this happens, I do this. You're thinking of it in a binary sense, on off. Yeah. If this, then this. If that, then this. And yeah. and the whole thing, it's like a it's like you're running a checklist down mentally in the moment in real time and you can only do that if you recognize the patterns now my one question about that well i have many questions but one question i'd like to ask you is how how could that relate to say somebody who is a wide receiver in the nfl and they need to be at the 11 and a half yard mark and then hit their break and it's going to be uh you know on the inside at the numbers that's where it's going to be how okay. would that how would that system help somebody on both ends, the quarterback and the receiver, how could they apply that to make that happen every time? Well, if we're going to call the system this three-dimensional thing and we can make up some name for that, right, uh, where he's got the play in his head, he would have a play in his head, right, Daryl? Oh, without question. Okay, all right. Without well, he, has to, he actually has to run, right? Yep, without question. Okay, and he has to feel um, because of the fact that if if – if he's just practicing in his backyard, um, unfortunately, on the field, someone's going to knock off his ability to uh, time these exact, let's say it's 11 and a half feet. Well, however many steps he has to take, if even if he used like my binary counting system and 11, let's say it was a foot uh, every step or something, uh, I would say, well, don't count 11. It's hard to say that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Like, you don't do that. Right. Right. So I'd say count every other one, use my not quite double system from the, <laughs> my second book and just go <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, one. Okay, well, that's all well and good, except someone just pushed him. So how right. does he know how that push affected exactly where he is? He's going to have to have a feel um, for where he is uh, by quickly, just really, really quickly picking something. It could be the way it is on the ground. It could be. It could be just getting, quote, a feel for what 11 and a half feet is. It could be like that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't I don't calculate when I throw a football to my, my son in the backyard. I don't sit there and do math and calculus. Mm -hmm. You have a feel for the distance. And right. you know, and I'm not calculating the arc of the ball or anything like that. And I'm just talking about being a hack drummer whipping a football. But that receiver, if it, but if he practices, if he practices – Look, if, he if he's looking at this play and he looks at what are the possible ways that I can be defended against, there's only got to be so many. I mean, the game is you're going to move from here to mm -hmm. there, and there are only a, there are so many players, you know? And if nothing else, if he's triple teamed, well, he knows he's not going to get the ball thrown to him anyway because someone else is. So, right. But, right. But, excuse me. But I would say if I was doing that, I would run, I would time it with my legs. I would also get a feel for the different speeds 
Um, but namely, I mean, it's going to be about eyes. It's going to be about recognizing peripherally how you're going to be able to get close to this mark and know alternate routes and getting there if you pushed or if you have to do a spin and then do this or take a different angle. I mean, what's the whole point? The whole point is the ball is going to go from here. I would imagine. I'm, who am I to talk about this? Anyway, the <laughs> ball is going to go from here to there, right? Right. And, right. and that's and that's why there's a lot of times um, I, I might see an interception happen. You don't know whether or not the receiver didn't go where he was supposed to. Then it's not even his fault. You don't know right. if the quarterback threw it to the wrong place. And yet everyone on TV in the stands are yelling at these people like, you throw that ball. See what you right. know. You go ahead and throw it to Gronk to try to get it in that perfect spot. Why don't you try that, you know, yep. or whatever. So he's got to have a feel by practicing it over and over again. I, I would say you got to have the reality of facing different different ways that somebody's going to try to stop you from going there and immediately recognize that if you're going to do your juke move this way, well, it's going to take you this much time to get to this spot and then that spot. If you're going to move this way, well, then it's going to take you this much time to get from this spot to that spot and you better be at that spot in a certain amount of time. I, I, and, you, and you have to know that by running the, the different plays in your head and seeing it. I, I, that's how I would approach it. That, you know what? That's... That, that's kind of blowing my mind a little bit right now, simply because you never, you, you never think about the the entirety of, of all of the outcomes, yeah. In preparation, so like I just like like I'll practice get you you practice get off you practice getting off the ball, on on several different counts, and then you 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 innately start to develop a feel for all those counts, and then the muscle yeah. twitch and the quick twitch, slow twitch, and getting in the backfield. But you never think about, okay, the guy that's going to be there in front of you because right in that moment, you're just working on getting off the ball. I think if you took it a step further and start to, started to visualize, okay, not only am I, do I have to have, have a feel for that ball, I have to have a feel for, okay, the guy that's there. Take myself beyond just the, the, the nature of the drill that I'm going through and, and, and make it applicable to, to game speed. So... When you say, okay, this, this is kind of fascinating. So, like, if you say, like, if that, if that end breaker has to be at, like, 11 or 12 yards for, like, somebody like Tajay Sharp, it, what, it, what if he started to practice that 11-yard break? What if he gets jammed at five and he right. imagines that possibility? Okay, what if he gets jammed at 10 and imagines that possibility and he went all the way up and down the spectrum? It's like it's almost like Bruce Lee and G, with Jeet Kune Do. It's like he's not worried about the guy that's practicing – uh, seven thousand kicks one time. He's worried about the guy that practices one kick seven thousand yes. times because yes. he's mastered that moment in time with respect to those seven thousand for that one time. He moves on to the next one. So after a while, it adds up, and he understands every possibility yeah. of the kick itself, a kick in general, and it makes it, it makes it that harder to defend against. You, you want to know what? I, never even think about that. Well, check it out. <laughs> well, check it out. I mean, it also reduces. The, it also reduces the amount of possibilities mentally because you realize what also cannot happen. You don't have to worry about, you know, yeah. uh, for, for, for example, I know in a certain rhythmic scheme, there are certain things that are not going to happen. And I know that by seeing the whole picture, these things cannot happen at this time. Only so these things can happen. Isn't that why you guys study film? Well, well, well yeah, but, but, but we don't. Oh man, it's so compartmentalized. You don't really. All right, put it to you like this. So, I man, okay. 
Center yourself. Detail. Detail. You don't do Center it with yourself. that much just, detail, or you don't. You, you don't you do all the permutations. No, you never do all the permutations. Like it's just like as a defensive lineman, I never worried about what my linebacker or or my my my, my or the guys in the secondary are going to do because you know I'm just thinking about huh. just my job and you do it to okay. the best of your ability. But if, if I right. thought about it in terms of that, like if I thought about okay, this is my place on the field, and I took all of those possibilities into account, I know even more so. I've got to be on it because I've got to be that piece that's always correct for my linebackers, for my secondary, for my corner out there in cover three. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Well, what if? Yeah. Like what? What if you knew? What if you knew and you studied and practiced it enough? What if you knew that you were trying to bait the quarterback into thinking that one of one of your uh, very proficient. Um, Let's say your 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 strong safety is is uh, just going to react more successfully if he's in a certain area than not. Let's say you just know that. All right. 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 But what if you bait that quarterback and you see that quarterback's eyes going there, but you realize the other things that are going to happen might give you a little edge in some way, or is it just okay? Look at you have some guy that's as big as you, and you're just you guys are just pushing each other around. Well mm-hmm. then. Then this makes no difference what happens back there, unless unless you know that. Well, wait a minute. If the, if 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 you know the quarterback's going to see that and react differently, and you know that maybe that team prepared so that the person blocking you knows that too, he might be trying to prevent you from going in a certain way. Right. I, I don't know, or maybe it doesn't matter. But my point is, not practicing the permutations. What else does anybody have to do? Get to practice early. Mm-hmm. Practice more. Practice more permutations of, of things. You recognize more patterns and put those plays in there. I mean, my I like, whole con- my whole concept's one big play. It's like one big game. I like I like the 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 the, the comments you made about understanding the patterns that the the, the outcomes that aren't going to happen because it makes mm-hmm. you that much faster when you're trying to. Uh, um, Think about the, the very next thing. Okay, well, I know this isn't going to happen, so I can just kind of shoot that out right now. Boom, I'm on to the next thing. Or, 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 the, or even even in part one, we were talking about this, Justin. Like when you, well, Mike, when you were talking about um, speaking to yourself while that process is happening, how does that how does that come? Oh my play? gosh, I, I got this, this is out of control. This is out of control. What I'm what I'm what I'm, what I'm going to say help me and help me help my my kids. Um, learn hand, hand-eye coordination that they have applied to sports in just very strangely successful, unbelievably successful ways. And I, I, it just comes down to this kind of a connection to yourself. Um, when you speak what it is you're experiencing, and, and I'm talking about, let's, I'm a drummer, you're a, you're a defensive tackle, you are planting yourself a certain way, right? So I'm on a drum stool. But I spoke through, out loud, turn body left, lift the right heel, turn the body left, lift the right heel, lift the right heel, lift the right heel. Because I noticed that if I didn't lift my right heel a certain way, that I couldn't pick my left leg up, rebalance, and play this run of eight notes in a row with my feet. There was no way it was going to happen. Because I studied it, I took the time to check out different permutations, different possibilities, and I noticed what my body was doing. And it, my body doesn't want to do the right thing. I don't <laughs> want to do the right things. Who We want to do the bad things. We want to get away with as much as we can. We want to be as lazy as we can. That's the nature of how a human being is born. What do you think life is all about? It's about, a, it's, it's about like Aquinas would say, it's about 
you know, um, becoming, uh, um, he, he called us a potentiality, not that we have potential. He called us a potentiality uh, because it's at a spiritual level. You're supposed mm-hmm. to gravitate from the flesh to what's right. You don't want to do what this body wants to do all the time. You want to gravitate toward, quote, the spirit. And but I think that that's great advice because um, when you are talking to yourself, what you're doing is you're fighting what your body wants to do, and it doesn't want to do the right thing. So um, uh, you talk to it. Now, check this out as, as the best proof I've ever seen in my life. I was watching a science show uh, yeah, while I was writing my, my books, during the process of my writing my Rhythm Knowledge books. And I knew that this was something I did, but I didn't, I didn't put it into book form yet or I didn't write about it. Um, I see this show. And these, there are people that have a condition. Can't, can't move their arm or they can't move their leg. A doctor figured out that with all of these people that have this condition where they just freeze and they're just like, oh my gosh, their arm works, but not under the condition where they want to move it. It was bizarre, totally bizarre. He said, look at your arm and say, lift arm, and it worked. And I was like, oh, thank you, God, for putting me in this seat and in front of this TV show and making me watch it, or, or, or that I'm even here, that this is happening, just... I am never going to forget this for the rest of my life. I needed to be here right now. I don't know why. I don't know how. I didn't plan it. But I saw this, and I know now that it's the truth, uh, meaning you talk to your body. So if you were trying to learn or get more proficient at a move, I, I and I'm just some, you know, the quote, dumb drummer guy, just like, well, geez, I have an idea that might work. Hey, why don't you try talking to your body when you're lining up? Why don't you try saying... Um, you know, I got to flex, flex, you study film, you got to see mechanically what you're not doing right, but you speak to your body to fix it. I mean, how can a professional baseball player, think about this, how many people make it to the major leagues in baseball, right? How many of how many? Who knows, right? Oh, somebody knows. Well, let's say this baseball player not only makes it, but he makes the team. Not only that, but he's got a great batting average most of the year. Not only that, but they make the playoffs. And he goes one for 14. Did his, did his muscle structure change? Did his shoes, did he change his shoes? Are they too tight? Um, uh, did he drink five bottles of tequila before the game? Like, what changed? His, his, something in his pattern recognition changed. And so, something fixable happens. Something that someone else can recognize on film where he can talk to his body. Maybe it's as simple as he used to just be able to anticipate the pitch because he could recognize the pattern of where the pitcher was coming from. I mean, the whole thing is deception, isn't it? Don't they try to deceive you by the way they pitch? I mean, I don't know. I played in Little League. That's about it. But I would, if I was a pitcher, I wouldn't want the batter to know. I would try to fake him out any way, shape, and form. But if I'm a batter, I want to study. Is he, there's, you know, if he's coming across this way, there's no way it can be a screwball. There's no way if he's doing this, let's just say. So you talk to your body, and I'll bet you that batter can get out of a slump inside of 10 minutes if, if he had the film and if he knew and if he spoke to himself about what it is. Man, I wasn't looking at the pitcher's hand if, if, if you knew that. Or, oh, my gosh, you know, my what, what am I doing with my knee? And my knee's just doing this thing. It's like, keep knee down, keep knee down. Uh, it, it works. Um I'm sorry to keep yapping about this, but I, I, I worked with a with a drummer at, at OzFest, okay? Um, just, I don't have to mention 
who because that's up to them if they want to say that I, I, I worked with them or whatever. So I'm literally on stage and um, they had an issue playing a bass drum part. And before the show, I, I spent 45 minutes not reteaching this person how to play the drums. What's going to change that day in one in one 45 minutes? What's going to change? You know, their muscle structure? No. So they're in a slump now. But I noticed what they were doing. I'm like, you know what's happening is as the tour progressed, your legs are lifting higher. So you got to tell yourself to keep your knees down. And I was literally on stage and physically hit this, physically hit this person right in the thigh. <laughs> and he's like, keep the knee down, keep the knee down, say it. And they got the part. They got nice. the part right. Okay, so nice. it was a matter of not recognizing. I mean, on this tour, a couple of times during um, uh, during the intro of Night Nightmare to Remember, I'm hitting a lot harder now. So I the last three gigs, I, I whacked my leg three times, and it, it just it I, whoa, it kind of shook yeah. me a little bit, and I'm like, oh, I've done that. Yeah, you know, this, this <laughs> somebody did somebody hear that I had a flaw, you know, or whatever song it was, whatever. But I have hit myself, and now like. Uh, Eric and I are going to change the height of the snare, but the point is, I, you know, I know what it was because I'm in tune with myself and I was able to pick it up. So mm -hmm. you speak to your body, it works. It helped these people that had this condition. Um, it has helped me every time I've had an issue. Why wouldn't it help an athlete get over or get out of a slump or create something new? Why wouldn't it? Jeez. Or producer, NFL Films, wherever right. he goes, man. Right. Yeah, I right. love that. Yeah, wow. You're, you're blowing me away, Mike. Um, well, is it, know, it, it just did a lot of research. I mean, is, uh, is that something that you've ever shared with, with your your bandmates? Is that something you guys ever talk about if somebody's having maybe a down a down gig or you know, there's a part that somebody's having a hard time getting? Is it something you share with? Uh, that? I mean, you know, I, 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 I speak with Petrucci more about technique than anybody. I'll speak to Jordan a little bit about it, uh, but I haven't shared that in as much detail because they know this already, I think. Mm. Uh, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I mean, we, they know how to fix things. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine you guys and have like, some really like, high-level high level talks, those late nights on the, on the tour bus. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that's a good a good point to transition into something a little lighter. Um, one of the things we talked about on Saturday is uh, our love, our mutual love, uh, and uh, sometimes frustration with Madden and Madden Ultimate Team. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about what like you know what what your your daily grind is like with Madden. I understand it's part of your daily routine. Uh, mostly, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will try to get my. My daily coins. So first of all, I'm an ultimate team guy. Yeah, same. Um, I, that's all I play. It's I don't have, well, I don't have the time yeah, for the rest yeah. of it. I mean, I have to choose what I do with my time, right? So um, I'm, I'm an ultimate team guy, and my team is how I'll, I'll play those couple challenges. And during uh, some weeks, I'll, I'll commit to, like, the solo battle thing. Um, yeah, solo when, battles, when, right? when I look at days off, I'm like, well, I have a lot of time. I can just play a couple of games here and there. And see what I can do. Um, so that's play head that. to head at all. Pardon me. You ever play against other people at all? Only my son, who's uh, <coughs> better than me. <coughs> <laughs> Alec is a shark. He's a shark. Yeah, he is. He it's is. Incredible. He is. He's like, you got a better team. I'm gonna beat you. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know. But he uh, he's quick too. He's got. He inherited all the the quick 
the quick, fast twitch stuff and everything like that. His mind works a million miles an hour. So uh, Madden came in handy. I mean, the reason we own it is because he uh, he's very inspired. You know, not only uh, is my family a big Boston sports family. I mean, although my, my mother and my sister, my, my mother would yell at the TV during hockey games. The aunts, the uncles together on Sundays. I mean, it's loud, you know, and all the women are into every sport. They know all the players. They're yelling at the TV. That's it's awesome. just like great stuff, right? So anyway, um, I think it was when we were watching a football life, and it might have been might have even been John Randall inspiring him. Just his story is, you know, I can do that. You know, he wasn't supposed to make it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so one thing led to another, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I think I should buy you this game so you can study it. And uh, it, it helped him quite a bit. It helped him. I could go on about that, but it absolutely helped him because he – he didn't even want to be a quarterback in, in two different cities and two different leagues without even being a- asking to. He was he was made the quarterback. So, and I have some good film of him doing that. I mean, I've been filming him so he can study it later. But you know, he wants to be a DB. He's Cam Chancellor is his main man. And Rodney Harrison. Um, and we're Patriots people. Don't get me wrong, but look, it's just like the drummer thing. Right. When someone's great, yeah, you, you have you, to respect you just, it. You just want to take greatness mm-hmm. you just want to soak in greatness so yeah i'm ultimate team guy and no i can't stand how the cpu uh cheats as badly as it does and you know this <laughs> i just it's it's just crazy because i know all the excuses like well then don't play it like, oh, yeah but it's, it's not the point the point is i you know the point is i earned this player i played a million things i you know i finally got this 92 93 whatever four and like the cpu just leveled them they just amped up and just my purchase is worthless now i, I, they, I just want my 93 overall paul kraus to get interceptions in man coverage is that so hard <laughs> is I, it so hard last year i love he was yeah i did everything to to, to get his ultimate kraus? Uh, ultimate legend last time this time i, I went I went all Seattle. Oh my gosh! Really? Can you, can you imagine? Darryl, yeah, just, I just a little context. Paul Krause, Krause is always one of the I best. Bobby Wagner, but I amped up the Seattle using the uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. That's CPU guys. Come on, man. Come on. I know you got the monopoly. We all know that. But listen, and we love you. We love we you. Like, Every man loves look, Madden. I yes, we privilege. do. I earn the privilege of knocking the you know what out of somebody because I earned that player. You, 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 that's not fair. I all I care about is being fair. That's not fair to take that away from me. Otherwise, I'm not going to buy it anymore. I'll just <laughs> stick with it, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll play the the simulation. I'll do all that. I won't. I won't do it. I, I, I'm tired of this stuff. My guy's running out of bounds. My my 98 dropping a ball to open field. Well, and here's the best one. I was going to cross. Um, I had Ricky Williams, uh, and and he was he was running in for a touchdown. Oh, uh, he was, he he came with the the program this yep. year. Yeah, and you uh, can, you know you can yeah, upgrade I'm, him all the way throughout the season, Daryl. Yeah. I'm I'm running with him, and now all I do all I'm doing is score the points, and I fin- and I get the ultimate on the solo battle, and then you know you get a lot more coins. You know what it does? It knows this is going to happen. I cross the line with Ricky Williams, and the ball goes into the stands, and the, it gives a turnover, and I don't get the points, and I don't get the ultimate. And I'm like, you, you can't, I called them. I called them. You called I'm, EA? I called them. And I'm like, don't you lie to me. I was a programmer. Zeros in life. <laughs> don't even go there. Just did, admit Did you just it. call the regular 1-800 line? 
did it and apologized to me. I said, I know you're being, you know, I called three times. One of the guys finally, you know, goes, well, we have to. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to. Anyway, like, let's get off of that. But, but <laughs> that's that's amazing. That is a, we, that's an amazing yeah, story. We, Thank uh, you for sharing uh, that. I mean, the game has, uh, has, has, you know, it, it, it can teach you. I know there's a lot of people yeah. unhappy with that, but a lot of people happy as well. Just like, you know, I don't know. Well, when I was young, I started playing Madden 2003 with Marshall Falk on the cover. That was the first football game I ever played. And that really helped me, uh, you know, when I was trying to be a football player before I realized that, uh, you know, I wasn't going to get any bigger than five foot ten. So <clears throat> I, uh, so, you know. Wait a but that get, didn't that, in like the 2K, allow the ball to like arc? Well, no, I was wondering why I was getting picked well, they off used so to have something. They used to have something called the passing cone where you had to line up the vision. And there was also a, a touch thing where you could either touch the ball or throw a bullet pass where this year they kind of changed that to where it's supposed to intuitively uh detect that and also they changed the the game engine uh i know we're getting very detailed here on the everyman but when they changed the game engine apparently it affected the the physics engine because the 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 frostbite engine is what they use for the battlefield games so i think the trajectory system Again, I'm no programmer or uh, you know mathematician, yeah. but I think the the projectile system is a little off. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a violin here while you're doing this. Yeah, 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 yada yada. <laughs> you know what changed? What changed was the trajectory, so that that that's that 71 could interrupt a 97 <laughs> quarterback and a 98 receiver. If right. it make me want to like actually pay money and buy a better player, that's what changed, didn't it? I don't know. Come on now. <laughs> there might Money. be some. There might be some uh, some dark arts involved. As Archie Bunker says, "Geez, there, Edith, huh? Come on." <laughs> so I, I don't know. So uh, so yeah. So it, in my family, we learned from it. I'm, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I I, yeah. I, I went with. Um, and I and I use the lime green Seattle uniform because mm. that they also mess with the they, they get you any way they can like they change the shadow so you can't see certain pants or shirts. It's all of a sudden it's pitch black or stuff. I'm like I can't see my guys. I can't. Oh my god, what do I? So I'm like get it. I'm getting that lime green. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Mad conspiracy. It is. Oh. <laughs> I love so it. I, so I so I play a little bit. I'm limited. I I do I do not have the time for for, for the rest of it. Um, yeah. But it keeps you it keeps you busy, keeps you happy, so that's good. It's just a different change. It's like I um, physically, um, I had so much to do today that I could not leave this this room. Otherwise, I would have been golfing with John Myung, uh, mm-hmm. and and our uh, my drum tech Eric and our um, audio engineer uh, assistant Ed. Um, I, that's where I would have been today was golfing. But we'll 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 do it the next day. Off. I, I get I got to make a change. I got to do something cross training. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, cross training. You know, do it. Explosive movements. I love it. (laughs) And some competitive fun, and me taking a golf cart and driving it where I'm not supposed to and giggling. (laughs) That's what they're for. I thought. Who's who's the best golfer in the band? I'm curious. Uh, Well, it's just John, my young and I that golf. I've been playing a lot longer than him, so. uh, So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Go see. We we were talking about about uh, kind of music and bands that we mutually really respect, um, yeah. and we, we were throwing around a lot of names. Uh, but one of the ones I wanted to talk to you about to kind of get your opinion on is Meshuggah. Um, Meshuggah, other than Dream Theater, is probably one of my biggest personal influences. Uh, and Tomas Hawk, the drummer there, he he changed my uh, 
opinion and perspective on sizes of drums on on his the way he similar to how you have a completely different approach with with, with regards to your melody setup with the toms but tomas really has an incredible uh take on it and i shared a story with you about being at a Meshuggah concert and feeling like um there's some sort of primal uh, connection that they're tapping into, and and I've I've been sharing music with Daryl uh, as we've been going along this journey together, and I sat him down one night and we just watched Meshuggah live shows, and he was like, he he was he was picking up what I was what I was alluding to, so I wanted to see what you think uh, in regards to rhythm, uh, drum bands that 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 have like a drum focus, like kind of like Gojira. Also is another one that's similar to that, where they have this ability to kind of groove people into a certain state of mind. And when you go to one of these shows and you look around, it's not the typical mosh pit scene that you would see at, say, like a Slayer or a Lamb of God show. Also under wonderful bands. But it's more like a ev- they're getting everyone tied into a frequency through the rhythm and they're moving everybody and we were talking about what it, what is going on there and, and, and how you do that. And, and I'd love to get your thoughts on on kind of what Meshuga, uh, that, that style of drumming, and, and what you think is going on with that. Well, first of all, um, Tomas is one of the players that uh, has reached a point that's past this particular line where, okay, you are in the group of the best. And there's, uh, there's a lot of the best. Because there's a lot of people that do a lot of things differently than each other. But he is definitely, uh, everyone knows that. I, mean, I don't even have to say that if you're a drummer. Um, I think more specifically, um, what's happening there, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting stuff. Because um, a long time ago, when I started, comp- I started composing, you know, I've been doing it for a while and will eventually come out with... Um, with my record, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll end up at the end of this year or next year. I, I don't know. I'm just doing it in my spare time. Anyway, the point being is, I recognize maybe something they did. I'm not sure, which is how I'm relating. That when you do time changes, you know the beat skips, um, unless your Brahman area in your brain has been tuned in to this kind of thing in polyrhythms. It's not gonna. It's not gonna compute. All right. It's not gonna get you on the radio because the mass amount of people haven't wired up this area. As, as far as I understand, as far as MIT has proved, is the reason why um, progressive music uh, is or certain kinds of music is not palatable to people. But anyway, he's cutting it into four or what seems like this just big beat with notes in the middle of the beat, but you can hear something palatable. You know, his mind, or that band's mind, has to be so practiced with the way that an odd amount of notes crosses over an even amount of notes over time. It's like, you know what? They probably um, studied the multiplication tables in school. So kids, get those multiplication tables together because you (laughs) might have to on the fly know that seven times... Nine is 63, and you're going to have to know that on this note, this whole thing turns around because uh, they do, they play patterns that cycle over long periods of time. That could be hypnotic. Um, and, and That's you know, the word, hypnotic. He's got, to, he's got to hold it together. Never mind the stamina. And it's not just physical stamina, which I don't want to say just. It's not just. It's like, that's just crazy. Um, it's mental stamina. It's fighting his voice. I do my gosh, I only know what goes through my head 
trying to play. I mean, I've been thrown off just by looking at the at the championship banner signs in a venue. I played in Detroit. I saw the Pistons thing. I'm like, oh my gosh! I remember Vinny Vinny the Microwave Johnson and that Dennis Rodman <laughs> and this guy. They beat the Celtics this year, or they, you know, oh my gosh! And I'm thinking about this, and sure enough, I make a mistake on the G3 tour. Like, ah! So I don't know what goes through everybody's minds, right? But that's what I believe is happening. And so my take on it is, is first of all, it's, it's uh, respect. It's understanding. I get it. Uh, uh, it's enjoyment. Um, it's just awe. And, um, you know, and how about three more doses of respect? Because it's, it's physical stamina. It's mental stamina. It's self-control. Uh, it's care. I mean, these, these guys are doing something that they set out to do. Then They just have a thing. And they're someplace and they are somebody that um, do, do, are doing it and people know them. It's just like, ooh, wah, and harraka, 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 he's got the threes, the threes, the threes, and then the fives. A student brought me, so he goes, can you show me this thing? And I'm like, what's it called? It's bleed, bleed. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. you like, know, I, I, I know, I know, I know what they do. And I'm just like, oh, I, I, I can imagine what That's it's going to be. That's intense stuff. You know, but then I heard it, and I was just like, <sighs> "Why'd you do that, there, Tom? Huh? Because now I gotta like try to just get a piece of this and play this in front of this person if I can, or at least explain it." It's just like, "Oh my gosh, the student wants to get a handle on this." Okay, I can't just talk about what it is; I have to talk about how to do it, and then that person has to go be committed. And so it's just, it's just great. So is that is that what you're looking for out of me? Just yeah, no, that's that? that's that's exactly it. And and it, you know what you're talking about those long phrases that have to turn around at some point where they're all catching the one and like yeah. catch thirty three. It took me uh, probably two years to understand what was going on on that record. I just didn't get it. And then like finally, I was like, oh, it's because I was trying to listen to one song and then pick this one up. Like you, th- so, th- sometimes they do things. Where they they do it without explanation, Daryl, which is so interesting. Where it's not like, hey, guys, you're going to want to listen to this one straight through, okay? Mm-hmm. It makes sense around track eight. They just do what they want to do and throw it out there, and then it, if it takes if it's taken ten years for people to be like, oh my god, that's like one of the best pieces of music that came out in that year, you know, in the progressive world, um, and they're really starting to get their shine. So I just wanted to kind of have you, you know, put that out there in the universe. Uh, it's just for them. it's respect and all that. Well, also check this out. I mean, you, you just made a comment uh, about uh, it alluded to uh, listening. Yeah. Well, in order to understand this stuff, and I think it's going to work, um, Daryl. I, I would imagine that you you're a human being too, right? So you're a football mm-hmm. player or whatever you do doesn't matter, right? Because you have to layer almost Photoshop. It's almost like a Photoshop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The play in your mind with the reality that you see versus the drop-down menu of options, you know, and what you feel. It's like this very alive, it might even be four-dimensional thing, never mind three-dimensional because it's in time. And we exist in four dimensions. How about that? It might be the way to be. Yeah. You know, just kind of be what we are. Mm-hmm. And be in four dimensions because we exist in four dimensions. Isn't that fun? What a discussion that could lead to. <laughs> right, right, I see the smile on your face. I see <laughs> yeah, the smile on your face. You're so, just, look, you're, so you said you're, you're speaking to me, Mike. You're speaking to me on a – I mean really because like a lot of the things you're talking about and, and I'm just full disclosure, I didn't have you on here again just to talk about me. But the things you talk about taping your son, right? I have a very uh, OCD type – 
uh, behavior towards recording myself. And I started in about 2013 uh, when I got my first GoPro. I started filming all of my practice sessions. I have at least one camera take of every single practice session that I've done from like 2013 to 2018. Are you and crazy? If, yeah. I ever did that, if I ever did that to myself, I'd never play the drums again because I, I see what a lazy person I am. Well, I have, so many, <laughs> I have so many hard drives full of just full of drumming. And what I would do is, Mike, is I would, I would do my rehearsals for my band and yeah. then immediately after, I'm sitting down and I'm like still sweaty. It's I'm I haven't even eaten yet, and I'm watching every minute of that tape because I want to see what did I mess up here, what did I mess up there. Live shows, it's the same thing. I have like an archive library of 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 my footage just for me to to learn from. And and you're talking about you know li- living in this four dimensional space and and how to apply that to to not only drumming but everyday life. And you're just really. You're making me feel like I'm not so crazy, man. I really appreciate that. No, you're not. And with the other dimensions, mathematically, that are very, very real. I mean, there's there's, there's a difference between your mathematicians and your physicists. The mathematicians know truth because they 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 know what a different a different kind of truth. I don't mean to quote a Van Halen record here. Um, you know, if it, two plus two makes sense on a piece of paper, the physicists well, they they need to have two apples and two apples to know that there are four apples. It's not good enough for them that it's on a piece of paper. Um, but, you know, existing with these different dimensions that exist, but I don't want to lose track here. As I want to talk about, you said the word listening. I have something to say about that. That I'm curious about the football thing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, what about projecting yourself in the future? You know, you can exist in that dimension as well. Because you're, you're trying to see yourself in the future. What about the past? What about all your mistakes? You can have that dimension. It is a dimension. Those are dimensions. Your past and your future and all these things are dimensions. This is the reality of our existence. The more we just accept what things are, I think the more we, we can learn about how they work. And then the more maybe oh, this whole world can have peace being on the same page about it working a certain way, and it really can't be too many options about how that happened. You know, but that's a, a different discussion. <laughs> you know, because these things are truths. You can't you can't argue that that stuff anyway. Um, about that, so then let's break it down and be simple. You said listening. What are you listening to, Daryl? Um, when you uh, are at that game and Brian Urlacher helped you at that point where you thought something went awry. What were you doing? Listening to the crowd because your family was in it? Was that a possibility? Were you listening to your inner voice? Were you listening to the play being called? What were you listening to? Which layer did you did you prioritize? And maybe you shouldn't have. I don't know. Or maybe you should have. I don't, I'm not sure. I think I think I, I think um, if if I were to answer that question, you know, in hindsight now, I think I was lick. I was listening to you know that 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 still voice that that still voice on the inside. That we all have this, right? You like, like you talked about and you alluded to earlier that, you know, our bodies want to do the wrong things. Our bodies want to doubt. Our bodies don't want to think, okay, about the possibility of the successful because we're so worried about failing, right? So like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking before that play, you know, what, what if I don't make the right move? What if I don't beat this guy? What if I don't, you know what I mean? Instead of thinking about, okay, everything that adds up to the success of that one moment which is why it was so powerful for for me to hear from, you know, Black. you know what? It doesn't matter. You do what you do, I'll make you right. And so that was the first time within that process I heard, I'll be right. So in that, I found 
a, a center in that I found a foundation to think, okay, no matter what it is, let me make myself applicable to the side of right instead of the wrong that I was already putting my, 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 myself into mentally. So then once I got back in my stance, I said, it doesn't give a, it doesn't matter what this dude does. I'm going to ball out because I'm already processing being successful in this moment. So yeah. if I were to answer the question, I think that's what it is, which is why I think it's so powerful to, like you say, whether it's three dimensions, whether it's four dimensions to understand that list of options that come up that make you successful and mm. processing, processing it like that one step of a time, one step at a time. To where you know you're always ahead of the game, as it were. Yeah, a lot of these things I think they need to be taught and prioritized. Like, what voice are you listening to, Justin? If you're if you couldn't figure out the Mashuka thing, were you listening to the pattern, or were you listening to where the time was? And did, did anything give away where the real time was? And when you heard where the real time was, did the pattern that you thought was the time turn out to be something different? It's like a polyrhythm. You know, if you hear seventeen, right. Like you hear a pattern like five plus five plus seven, which might sound something like this, Daryl. It might be like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. So watch, watch my fingers. Like, check this out. Watch me. Gotcha. Watch. This is important. One, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four. I'm holding up my two. I can't say one and two at the same time, but I can picture it in my mind. Right. I'm prioritizing that I've just have done two of these clumps of five. But what if I told you the time was here? You know, chuck at the 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 chuck at the. And then I went But if the timing is triplet, right? Five. The second five and seven, but I don't say the word two because it's too much to do. So right. what, what am I prioritizing? What, are you, what is it that you're listening to? So these things, you know, I have to be, I had to learn them, but nobody, um, uh, I mean, my, my, my teacher was, was the best. I guess the luckiest person in the world, you know, eight, eight years. I had, I had two teachers, um, Walter Tokasik and Dana Sickles. Um, uh, Walter taught me for most of it. Uh, Dana taught me for a year. You know, very much the, the same, just like, be aware of what you're doing, kind of like, they weren't just showing me lefts and rights. They were telling me about being. Mm -hmm. They were telling me about being, thinking, looking, understanding, and pushing me to be the best I could. But um, I, I don't want to lose tra my train of thought here. <laughs> Another album quote, I don't want <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to lose my train of thought. But, I mean, I guess listening can be taught. All I can think is, um, all I can think of is just, a, I saw a video clip in my head of, of, you know, some footage of Lawrence Taylor. Uh, it's just like, you know, I don't know that he's doing anything at all except smashing someone out of the way, spinning and just crushing their helmet. You know, like, it's just that simple to that man. You know, like, what does he say? A bunch of crazed dogs. Yep, yep, stuff. yep. You know what I mean? So that's, it's different approaches to this. You've got your Lawrence Taylor, and then you have someone with the potential to be so great, but maybe they need a few... You know, a few little adjustments on prioritizing and looking at the possibilities and the possible options and permutations and thinking in these terms and just focusing on how much do oh, oh excuse me what do I think and when do I think it and being successful in that way and getting on a team uh, uh, oh, oh I know well just something that was just said casually after the uh, the podcast didn't work um, remember we're, we're talking about um, well, I had the New England Patriots, you know, garb on, and you know, I that I I I just do that because I like I like um, 
comments to, to, against them. I mean, I like riling people up and ruffling feathers. And, <laughs> Especially you know, in Philly, I, right? I, I'm sure I, yeah, that had nothing I, to do I with it. I have fun. Right, right, right. I, 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 like, you know, I, I like that competitive spirit. I like when people give me give me a mouthful, but 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 uh, genuinely we have fun. Genuinely it's fun mm-hmm. talking. You're like, oh, you know, yeah, I don't like you guys or whatever. And that's like, you know, hey, we didn't win every year. And, you know, anyway, it opens up for fun. But I do it. Um, well, I actually really like the shirt. I have a salute to service. Sure, thank you. Fine, gentlemen, men and women. Thank you very much for this uh, safety in this beautiful country of ours. Um, So I love the shirt, uh, the sweatshirt, but it's my team. We're talking about Belichick and the system, and um, I, uh, you know, I totally believe that you know, as a drummer, as a coordinator, I am coordinating limbs, but I'm a coach that can control all the limbs. You're talking about Belichick and any coach needing players to. Well, he got quote, do the do your job, right? That's one thing to say it. It's one thing to understand it. But for that man to successfully with different people to get people to believe it, it means he's offering something they believe in. And it's not a threatening thing where you're going to lose your job if you don't. And that doesn't work all the time. You know, it affects you. I mean, it, it darn well better. You know, you better wake up and do what you're supposed to do. Don't mess up. You're, you're off the team. I mean, it's about the team. What I'm talking about here is a belief that even if it's not the greatest, the greatest collection of plays in the world, even if the right perfect play isn't called all the time, like, you know, here I am on the drums, I'm talking about drumming as much as I am in football. If all the pieces buy in, I can tell you as a drummer, what that means is that they are working in harmony together. And that is stronger than a let's just say a more te- a, a technically better play but the pieces aren't working together because then the play doesn't work so what's the difference mm-hmm. what's the difference but you gotta buy into the system and um he has found a magical way that's by magical way he's found a hardcore way to make that happen that i've recognized and i i, I truly believe that um that players coming in and out uh yeah it matters to a point, it doesn't matter to a different point, but it matters to some point. It's just what point does it matter to when a player is on the team and then not on the team or comes in or doesn't come in or wasn't successful and now is successful or was successful with them and is not successful somewhere else. I mean, thoughts on players or systems or Bill or anything? I, I, yeah, I, I mean, are you are you worried about losing Gronk? Do you, like, as you're talking about pe- people coming and going and he was – he was kind of, I mean, uh, like the a key safety piece there for that offense. You worried about that at all? Why wouldn't I be? At the same time, he's a puzzle piece. So uh, let's let's say why I am and why I am not. Um, proof in the pudding. Um, the second Super Bowl that that the Patriots lost to the Giants, if I remember correctly, uh, Gronk had half a foot, so he couldn't jump. And if I remember correctly, there was a pass that he would have normally been able to catch that. You know, was not caught. And I don't remember if it was for an interception or not. Yeah, I think it was. Of course, everyone loves to say, oh, Brady got an interception. And it's like, excuse me, you know, that would have worked. Because Brady's, I think maybe maybe his mechanics and his recognition was, he sees Gronk, he doesn't think, he knows, pinpoint to throw the ball, which he can do and which he does. But yet, maybe Gronk couldn't jump. So yeah, I'm worried. Uh, uh, that when he can jump, <laughs> that there are more possibilities for that team. In other words, so you put a Gronk in, it means possibilities and permutations. I happen to think that there are more possibilities and permutations with Gronk over any other tight end, okay? I believe, I believe that. I've seen 
enough to want to believe it. Whether I, I don't know, I'm again, I'm just maybe some dumb drummer guy that watches football and studies life and things and how things work. But I noticed, I believe there are more possibilities with him. Now they're going to get another puzzle piece. And so that puzzle piece um, cannot possibly have the same possibilities, but they will have different possibilities. Mm -hmm. There will be different possibilities. So in the system, it's not going to matter at all. In the system, it is not going to matter at all. The system is going to function as it does, but with different possibilities that are successful or not, of course that matters because they are, it might be lacking a set of particular possibilities that, that are needed or no, it just doesn't even, because you, you we're on to Cincinnati. You're, right. on, you're on to it. Like what are the possibilities? Because now who knows whether or not whoever comes in and grabs that position, who knows that that doesn't turn into three tight ends or two. Let's just say that that leads to some big guys that have more stamina, and all of a sudden, even though Gronk's a great blocker, now you've got two people doing the job that can catch their breath, and maybe the end result is better better blocking over five plays. I don't know. I don't know what possibilities are going to exist. So, well, I'm, to, I'm, to that end, to that end, also, I mean, let us not forget. Gronk did come in with another tight end who he ended up in a, in a roundabout way replacing uh, on the yeah. different terms, and mm -hmm. they they still they still won, and you know he he's gone now, and I'm sure if there's one thing I've learned from uh, working with Daryl, it's that uh, Bill Belichick has a guy out on a fan boat in the bayous of Louisiana right now, scouting some you know country strong crazy tight end that nobody's ever heard of and he's and he's getting ready to uh, storm the field so i i am looking forward to it and uh, i mean i don't know how you cannot have respect for brady and i'm a i'm a hardcore steelers fan just the same way you are with with the pa the patriots and it's kind of the point where i've seen i've seen that team beat my team so many times for in the afc championship game where you know i don't even it's like well they're the best i can't you know it's respect you, you just got to respect you got to respect, respect what they do you know, that's, that's, that's all that there is. is and, there and, and you never know. I mean, you never know because if, if, if I am not mistaken, a lot of games really do come down to, let's just say, uh, you know, maybe there's that it comes down to one play kind of view, which inevitably it does just by just technical terms. But I, I, I kind of like to think of it as maybe it comes down to every play, or maybe not. Maybe it comes down to four plays, but did you forget that play in the first quarter that would have changed the plays after it? Right. Mm -hmm. That would have changed that. But what does it matter once you are at a certain point? It's real. It's probably very real that um, those games that, uh, where the Patriots won, you don't, we don't know. I mean, if you look back, there might be something under the radar that if one thing switched, it might have changed the next play and changed the next play, and then this wouldn't have happened, that wouldn't have happened. This outcome could have been different, but it is what it is, and I am, I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I just have to believe that 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 Bill Belichick has uh, an ability to exist in these. Uh, Different, different mental states of possibilities, of knowing possibilities and dealing with reality at the same time. And not just that, but I'll bet you, now that I said it a million times, I'll bet you that onto Cincinnati comment, which is priceless. And it's not, I, I, I believe, I, I may have read uh, plenty of, of, of comments by uh, journalists that, well, he's just being this way or that way. It's like, Wait a second. Hold on a second. Now he's not just 
doing it to diss you or mess you. How about this? How about the fact that he really believes that? Because what if he's coaching and he gets in, in that mentality? It's probably 24-7 for him. That he will not exist in the previous. He will not are too far in the past. He will not. He'll learn from it. But he's not going to live there. What good is it going to do? I mean, I think for him to go out to a press conference to say that is a, it shows what he's like on the field. He's like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm mad that this didn't happen or that, or we missed this, but, like, what do we got? What do we got? What do we have? What's happening next? Yep. Right. I mean, well, and, and we've talked at length about it. He's he's the ultimate. Know. He's the master of situational football, and That's and it. football is a game of attrition, as Daryl always says. That's so it. When yeah. What do you got think, some... Daryl? He's got that in his head. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Justin. Well, sorry. It's, well, it's 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 you you hit it right on the head when you talk about the possibilities, Mike, and the possibilities with with respect to football. It exists within that realm of situational football. You have a coach who's seen every possible outcome. Uh, good, bad, indifferent, successful. He stays on the side of the successful because he understands how situational football works in the success realm more often than not. And since you've seen it all and you've done it all at a high level and you've accomplished winning as much as he has, that's just how the team works from top to bottom, from pro, from the pro personnel department to, 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 to Bill Belichick as a head coach, to his scouts, like you said, out there, you know, searching for the next country strong tight end to bring in there and be that puzzle piece, Mike, that you say to fit right back into the system and be successful. So it's just situational well, football. It is uh, like Chuck. Um, what I was thinking when you were saying that was, I believe that I agree with you. I wonder though, you know, that just doesn't beam into the guy's mind from Neptune. No. He's got to get it. He's getting up early in the morning when it's hard to do that. I'm yeah. sure the family, the family has suffered. I have to go away and be away from my family all the time. I have FaceTime. I have technology. I think when he was doing his thing, how did he stay in touch with his family? You know, I'm like, what happened there? What choices did he make? You know, he had to have been up, you know, early and to bed late. I mean, that's it, he doesn't know every situation because it beamed into him because he's uh, he he earned it, didn't he? I mean, Without he had questions. to just like. Go all about the grind. Work, all about know? the grind. And he, uh, yeah, clearly, I don't know. I never spoke to him or anything. I, I don't know him, but um, the sacrifices. He could probably write a book on the sacrifices. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not everybody does that. I, I, or do they do it? And he's just schooled his mind to think a certain way and put the work in. I think people you know? are gonna. I think people are gonna miss Belichick when he's gone. As much as everybody loves to hate on the Patriots now, when the when the when the show. Uh, you know, I don't want to upset you too much, Mike, but someday it will it, it will cycle into something else. But you never know. They've got McDaniel's there. I think the plan there is to kind of hand off and keep a certain uh, culture in the building and keep that going for the future. So, uh, if I was the owner, if I was the owner, that's what I would do. So there you go. So let's not tangent off. That's right. Now I think. <laughs> well. That, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I Bill is, he seems like a guy that you could put him uh, in any, anything, whether he was uh, leading Navy SEALs or leading the Philadelphia Zoo's veterinarian squad. I think it would probably be uh, excellent no matter what. <laughs> Best squad ever. Right. Yeah. They, they, it, some, Best. some people just know how to lead, you know, it's uh, leadership Best is, is, is something uh, that not, not everyone can do, but uh, right. Mike, 
I want to thank you, man, for for spending some time with us. We we got to really know you. Yeah, and not not only at the show, uh, but these conversations we've had over the weekend, uh, and all the emails going back and forth. Uh, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man. I really I wish you nothing but the best, and and I I want you to just keep uh, you you exude joy and uh, happiness when you're playing. And 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 Daryl and I talk a lot about sharing positivity with people and and we were walking around you know upper derby slash philly the other day and we're just cutting it up and interacting with people you know from the people at the bar the dream theater fans that came into the bar that were hanging out we were talking to and everybody just was buzzing and people were like oh they recognize see our shirts and like oh what are you doing like oh we were here to interview mike mangini and everybody's like oh what was he like you know and it's just like you know people regardless of what we talked about in part one, you know, people do love you. And, um, I just, you know, on behalf of the fans, uh, on behalf of the Everyman podcast and, and, and Daryl has said his piece, just wanted to thank you for, for having us. Thank you for showing us such great hospitality, uh, at the show. And we look forward to keeping tabs on you and bringing you back on for, for talks throughout the season when uh, the Patriots are doing their thing. and, yeah. and I oh, what do you want? Wait a minute. When they're one and two and all those things start. Uh, right. oh, we're gonna, the when end, they're one and two. It's, and, it's and, the end of Brady. Yep. We're going to call you. And you're going to calm long. everyone down. You're going to chill it out. too long now. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I don't, well, listen. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, as uh, I enjoyed it. And, you know, people want to get to know me. Just listen to this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> this you know, is a great place to start. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know this is uh, every my situation and many situations can be a win-win-win for everybody if 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 you know we all handle ourselves uh, as 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 righteously as we can. Although we all cannot, we need some help. I know I I need to be directed a lot of times. I need to be shown a little bit of light now and then. Um, I need to learn all the time. But if we can try to do that, I think that the end result is a win-win-win for everybody. And just like that's that's. We're on to Cincinnati. Are we playing Cincinnati on this tour? I, I, you now you have to. Now you have to. We have to go back. That's great. Well, Mike, Just see. Best, best of luck. Stay safe on the road, and uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Nice.